0: Guys, we're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. We had some technical difficulties, but we powered through, we reset passwords, and we're back. Tonight's episode is going to be fun. One, because we were kind of, I got to be completely transparent. We were running a little bit late trying to find a guest, and I actually told Scott last week, eh, let's just leave it blank. I'll take a night off. And then he said, no, we're not taking a night off, because I've got 47 questions for tonight's guest, and he does. He's got a bunch of questions, so I'm literally going to not ask questions next week. Because they do such a good job with Eat Sleep Golf, who presents the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, providing questions. So next week, I'm not writing anything. It's all on you, Scott, and the team at Eat Sleep Golf. Tonight, we have a really cool, kind of a new brand in the golf space. So Fairways Fund is the organization, and I'm not 100% positive of what they do. And I have to be honest, I've known Tiffany on Twitter for a long time. I regret to inform you that I wasn't following her. And I'm a little mad about that, because when Scott said who was coming on the show, I was like, oh yeah, I know her on Twitter, and I wasn't following her. So I feel real bad, but I have corrected that, you have been followed, and now we have Tiffany, I'm not even going to try it, we were trying before we went live for me to pronounce her last name. It's not that hard, I just don't want to butcher it. We have Tiffany from Fairways Fun, and I'm excited to learn more about the organization, all they're doing to help grow the game of golf. I've got a bunch of questions, Scott's got a bunch of questions, so Tiffany, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play.
1: Thank you, Ricky. Thanks for having me.
0: So, pronounce your last name so I don't feel so bad.
1: Chaison. Tiffany Chaison.
0: See, or you yeah. can say Chaison. See, I'm not, <laughs> and I spent like six months in France. Like, I've been, like I'm assuming that it's French because you live in Canada, but you're from Australia. So, I don't know the tie there because you've got the Australian accent. You live in Canada. You have a French last name. Like, what's the, like, is that the origin, French?
1: It's actually Acadian French. And it's my ex husband's surname that I decided to keep.
0: That's awesome. I don't want to know the other name because if that's if that's that hard to pronounce, I can't imagine what the other name was. So <laughs> let's jump in. We got a half an hour to talk about Fairways Fund and all of the things that you're involved with because you're involved with more than just Fairways Fund. But let's start with the logo because Fairways Fund has an awesome logo because we're gonna go from logo to what it is. So who designed the logo? I love the color of it. So let's just start there.
1: Okay, you'll be Jeremy, my CEO or our COO will be very happy to know uh, that you like the logo. He, I. I'd asked him and said, could you get your son to draw a picture of you and he golfing, kind of like holding the flag? And he said, no, that's a little bit naff. (laughs) And I went, oh, okay. So he did the logo and then he sent it to me and I went, you know, and it was completely coloured with fill. So it was fill coloured and I went, oh, I don't love it but I need business cards. It'll have to do. And then he went, hang on, I might take the fill out and just use the font of our... um, Uh, typeface which is quicksand I went that's it that's it and so he did it and I just I love it it's perfect and it's it's exactly what I kind of envisioned but better
0: that's awesome well it works and I love the color it's very it just it fits the overall brand for what I know about the brand but pretend I don't know what the company is and what you guys do so give me the elevator pitch of what fairways fund is all about
1: uh we Pay for membership and lesson packages uh, and range access for underprivileged juniors uh, and help develop golf at the grassroots while supporting golf businesses and professionals.
0: That is an elevator pitch if I've ever heard one. That is exactly what it is. And it's cool because because people think that golf is like this rich white man's sport and it's you can't play if you don't have a lot of money. And that's not the case. You're proving that point. And on your website, you have several layers of sponsorships from $5 all the way up to $250 a month. What's the differentiation in between those levels and kind of explain kind of what those different levels do and how somebody at home can get involved with Fairways Fund.
1: We, we've got a couple of different things that we're doing with sponsorship at the moment actually. Um, with the sort of $5, 10 $20 a month, um, 60, it, it depends on what country. We currently have 20 juniors in four countries. So we've got kids in Canada, India, Nepal, and Bolivia. And... Every country, things are done slightly different. In Canada, we pay for membership and lesson packages um, for underprivileged juniors, and I also arranged for golf lessons during the winter on uh, uh, golf simulators and indoor putting greens for the Canadian juniors. In India, we pay for green fees for slum children. Uh, We paid for... Um, green fees for five slum children for 12 months Uh, in Nepal we pay for uh, uh, Pratima Sherpa who's currently in California actually just won a tournament there Uh, we pay her golf coach um, he's been giving her free lessons for sort of seven years so we just pay him a couple of lessons a week just so he's getting a little bit of money that he wasn't getting before and in Bolivia we I I was there for nine weeks from January to March this year and uh, I arranged while I was there for the uh, kids to get uh, access to a golf course for free and what we do is we pay for tournament fees so the kids can get out there and compete against some of the very affluent children of Bolivia and our kids are doing quite well against them which is great to see.
0: That is awesome. Like I did not expect you to mention those those countries. Like that's just that's a cool spread that you've been able to create and I'm curious what age range like what's the youngest and what's the oldest? Like do you have an age range that you that you know that you work in and what's the current age range of the of the well, participants that are involved now? Uh,
1: with juniors we sort of, you know, under 18 kind of thing, but it depends on what's necessary. In Bolivia, our youngest is probably young Tommy who's like 6 and he's just he He won a secondhand t-shirt and a pair of like casual shoes that someone else had donated to our program and he was just delighted like he's he's so cute. Uh, And then uh, Pratima Sherpa, the Nepali junior, she has just turned 18. She's just finished high school. She wants to be the first uh, Nepali LPGA tour player.
0: That's so cool. And, and when that happens, you have to be like, you know, the name on the bag or something in the first tournament win, like, you gotta <laughs> take it all the way back to Fairways Fun. So what well, golf courses do you work with? And do you have golf courses, like, in these countries that you reach out to the courses specifically? And I guess two-part the, question, what courses do you work with and how does a course get involved?
1: It's actually, the whole thing of Fairways has been quite organic. From when I had the idea golfing on the north coast of Ireland in April last year, uh, I emailed Jeremy and three other people that I knew a four-page outline of what I plan to do and how I plan to achieve it. And uh, Jeremy came back with a few questions. And by then I went, Oh no, no, it's now ten pages. Just have a look at that. I think it'll address all your questions. And I wanted him to be co-founder and come on as COO. And he just went, Yeah, let me know what you need or uh, operationally here. And so within a week I had a co-founder and a board of directors. In two weeks. We were implementing constitution in three weeks. Jeremy, he was registering the nonprofit. And in four weeks, I was back in Canada and had a lesson with my golf coach and went and who I'd emailed from Ireland and went, hi, so I just wanted to let you know, I've just started a golf nonprofit sponsoring underprivileged juniors. And he came back to me and said, Of course you haven't even been golfing two years. Of course you have like I'm not surprised So then when I got back to Canada, and I told him you know and had a chat and I said so if you know of any kids And he said actually I've got two and so he told me the story of uh, Two boys, and so we took them on straight away And then it kind of evolved with some other kids at that course another pro knew what I was doing at another course in Canada He had a couple of kids for us and then uh, India I went to India Uh, and ended up sort of uh, sponsoring these five kids. And then Nepal sort of came to me. uh, uh, Gordon Moyer, who's the director of greenkeeping at St Andrews, he'd emailed me an article written in Golf Digest. And so I contacted the author of that and went, hey, this is who I am. I've just started a nonprofit. Don't have lots of money, but want to help out. And so it kind of happened from there. And then Bolivia came to me through... um, I was at the... Ladies Canadian Open in Calgary last year and Gordon had given me a a superintendent to go and play with at Glencoe Country Club. So I was there waiting and just chatting to the lady in the pro shop and told her what I do. And she's like, if you get a card, I've got a friend in Bolivia who's teaching kids in a football field with his clubs and, you know, a dozen balls. And I went, yeah, sure. Here's my card. And he contacted me within hours and within three days, I'd arranged to go there for two months. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: And so the clubs that are involved, it's been quite an organic process, um, but we have just launched a new thing called Awesome Foursomes, um, and we're auctioning off donated tea times for green fees that are donated from golf courses all around the world. And so far we've had 31 courses in seven countries donate a green fee, and we uh, if we can continue growing that and getting more green fees that we can auction off, then golfers can play at a discount. You know, we, we auction them starting at 50%. Well, there's a buy it now option at 75% of the cost. And then that money goes into junior programs that we're creating and building in different countries of the world.
0: Two, two responses two, to that. Two responses. One, one. Debron Golf Club. Debron Golf Club. I mean, hey, I've got the opportunity to direct uh, direct you to the, our director of golf that can help make that happen. So let's do that. And then if you know somebody at St. Andrews, I'm going there next month. This month, it's this month. I'm going there in a few weeks. So I need to know all. Like I, I have like 15 people that are in all the places that I'm going. So if you know somebody that's at the old course, I'm playing the old course on the 30th. So I'd love to meet and connect and just tie everything together. So that would be really cool. So. I'll, uh, oh.
1: See if Jeremy's around and uh, see if, sorry, Gordon's
0: around and uh, can come and say day. It's it's a Wednesday, so he better not be off. I mean, I, I, I think I'm as excited to go to the Jigger Inn and have a beer as I am to play the golf course. Like, the golf course will be cool. My buddy Steve from Canada is coming. He's going to be there, actually, and we're playing together with a member from uh from the club so it's gonna be a fun it's kind of a bucket, and it's funny i was telling him today i was like hey it's kind of a bucket list thing you know for me and he's like "Yeah, i've played it a few times it's not a bucket list course for me whatever so let's talk about your your sunrise to sunset round so dawn to dusk what is that and just kind of give us an overview of what the heck you were doing playing literally all day
1: uh, so I had the idea, the first fundraiser that we had for Fairways was, I was, I was back in Canada. I'd spoken to um, Keir White, who's the golf pro at Belfast Highland Greens, and, he, and I said, you know, this is what I'm doing and stuff, and I'm going to have a few fundraisers. And he said, oh, we had a really good fundraiser a while ago. Like, we played from dawn till dusk, or, you know, from sunrise to sunset. And I just went, that's it. We're doing, um, can we do that here this year? And he said, sure. So he and I and another golfer, Ron Kennedy, we played 83 holes of golf from sunrise to sunset. And so I had people sponsor me per hole, et cetera, et cetera, raised about a thousand bucks. Fantastic. And then I, this year, we got uh, multiple golf courses in different countries of the world to host a fundraiser of some description. Uh, This year I played 111 holes of golf. Uh, and and my playing partner turned up late, so I'm trying to hit 120 next year. Um, but we played, we teed off about 5.30 and we're playing until about quarter to 10, played about 16 hours of golf. Uh, and uh, yeah, so and then other courses. So there were Paddy Dean, who's the general manager of Malone Golf Club in um, Ireland, in Belfast. He did it the following week. Uh, he was teasing me because I was in a cart and he walked and carried and played 100 holes and raised about $1,000 for us. And then we had um, Gordon at St Andrews had given me a open flag signed by Watson, Lyle, O'Meara, Layman and Daly and had said, use this to raise money for fairways. So I asked him if it was okay if I used that to give, it the, prize to give the prize to the, to the the group, the individual or the um, club the, um, that raised the, um, most that raise the most money. And Settlers Ghost, Settlers Golf, Ghost club, Golf Club uh, North of Toronto, they raised. They had a big, massive event, uh, music, dancing, uh, golf, of course, and they raised about twelve hundred and fifty dollars. So they won it. So Jeremy's is actually currently, I, I believe today he's gone off to uh, the hardware store to get the industrial packaging needed to, because I got it all framed and nice in Sydney uh, to send it off to Canada, so they can pop it on the wall in Settlers' Ghost.
0: That, that's really cool. Like the whole, I mean, playing, I've done like the hundred holes thing and I've done it a few times, but I've never played like a hundred consecutive holes. It's always been like hit three balls on this part three and that counts as three holes. Like it's not really a hundred holes. So I golf clap and applaud your effort there. So I'm curious (laughs) because Troon has, a, uh, a junior golf program called the Truon Junior Club, and you've got places like the First Tee, et cetera. Do you compete with those, or do you try to work with them? Or are you so different? Like, kind of, what's your strategy, and your, your place in the market?
1: I work with them Uh, and also I've been sort of working with the National Golf Course Owners Association of Canada uh, with they're they're just running a new program that is uh, affiliated with the Boys and Girls Club of Canada as well and that that the member golf courses go to the Boys and Girls Club and take busloads of kids to their um, uh, courses but give them not just a here's golf here's some clubs Here's a tour of the green shed. Here's the equipment that we use. This is what we do use to mow the lawns. This is how we do the, rake the bunkers with the big machines. Here's the hospitality, you know, and giving them a full overview of the whole course. Because a lot of kids haven't ever stepped on a course because they don't have family that golfs. So giving them an overview and an understanding that, you know, there's summer work opportunities there as well as, you know, so much fun to be had being a member at a golf club.
0: Well, and that's cool So I, I was not super involved in the Troon Junior Club, but I remember sitting in a meeting, and we were literally sitting there. There was like 15 of us in the room, and my boss at the time says, we need a junior program, and that's li- literally how it was founded. Like, I mean, we could have been a little bit more creative with the name Troon Junior Club. <laughs> but, you know, and it's it's cool to have kind of seen that start. And we've got, you know, 150 members worldwide and it's just a neat, a neat program. So now I'm a blogger. I blog all the time. I've got a beer blog. I've got a personal blog. Like I'm always writing. You have a blog on the website. How often do you blog and what the heck do you blog about?
1: In fact... That's the second blog I had. It's actually the fourth blog I had. The first one started off as um, my Prince Edward Island life. So my ex-husband and I had moved to PEI to renovate. So it was a renovation blog. And then I kind of traded him for a set of golf clubs. He's a great guy. He's just not for me. And so I then started golfing. And when we split up, I realized that my Prince Edward Island life blog had a lot of golf-related stuff. So then I started another blog called... Uh, a random Uh, Australian Australian golf enthusiast that then I realized like after I'd been golfing for I think about seven months, and I decided now that I was a golfer that I should probably take myself to Scotland. So I flew to Scotland, kicked it solo, chucked my clubs in the back of a car, and drove around Scotland for two weeks and played 11 courses. And from there, I then decided to amalgamate my blogs and I started Fairway Foodie, which is golf food travel. And so I write about all the courses that I play on there, some random recipes, people that I golf with, there's lots of photos and stuff. And then I keep that going, and then the Fairways blog. I I've been blogging on that from the initial concept, from setting up, getting the board of directors together, getting the co-founder from you know the the, the pros and cons of setting up a nonprofit from scratch, and then as I, I probably write a blog there every every couple of weeks, uh, depending on where I'm traveling, depends on what's going on. Like I've Jeremy's probably wanting to know why I'm not doing one right now. Cause I'm meant to be, um, uh, for what happened at the Canadian open and everything that, you know, that, uh, we organized last week.
0: So you're on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram. I don't see you on Google plus and the Google plus golf community has hit 26,000 members. So what do I have to do to twist your arm to get you in and active, the Google plus golf community? Like come on. And then what's your favorite network out of the ones that you are currently active on?
1: I am on Google+, but I'm probably under like Tiff at Fairway Foodie or something altogether. I just, I, you know what? I'm not active on Google+. I don't, I, I barely use it. It's just there. And it's like, it's a thing. And it's, I, I also, I'm only one person and I'm trying to do Instagram and everything and keep all the social media out well Jeremy does the Twitter and, it's hard because I'm also bootstrapping and working full time as a waitress and bartender to get keep my head above water as I continue to build the nonprofit. So, it's it's a bit tricky with time to be across every platform. But I think my favorite platform is probably Twitter, and only because like I use it just to chat to golfers, right? And I use it to chat to golfers around the world and. For instance, today, uh, when I was in Scotland this year, I sent a tweet out because I was golfing in Scotland and a a gentleman tweeted me and just went, oh, hi, you're in Scotland. Do you have time? Can you come and golf with me? He he golfs at Dunbar Golf Club. His name's Peter. And I said, yeah, I've got time for that. And then as it turned out, I I mentioned to Gordon, oh, yeah, I'm golfing at Dunbar and he goes oh you know Paul's the new super there so then I tweet Paul and go hey you want to put you want to golf with Peter and I and it's just I've been from when I first went to Scotland I just tweeted and went turning up to Scotland to golf any suggestions and then just contacted some courses and off I went and and every time I go to a new country I connect with someone that I've met on Twitter and golf with them at their home track and I love it and I love it
0: That, so first off, I'm playing one round of golf. I'm playing the old course. That's it. Like, I need to, like, plan another trip and go play. Like, it's a beer trip. I'm not going for golf. I'm going for beer. So the golf is just like, like I said, I'm just, the the Jigger Inn is like the end game of that day. Like, yeah, I mean, so I need to go on a golf trip that's separate than that. But that's really cool that, and I'll be in Dunbar, so I'm going to be going to that part of the world. So I'm going to be like, there's like four different parts, like cities that I'm going to when we're in Edinburgh, because for beer. But, you know, that's cool that, uh you played in a lot of different places and that's the next question because Scott wanted to know how many countries have you played in and what is your most single most memorable round of golf in all of those countries
1: i've as of last wednesday our last tuesday when i played with the uh, wednesday was the thing when i played at settlers club settlers ghost golf club i've played 124 courses in 11 countries uh, it, i i've had so many wonderful experiences like golf golf has enriched my life. The people that I have met purely because I picked up clubs is phenomenal. Like it's crazy. Uh, some of the, one of the weirdest experiences was playing sand golf in the desert of Abu Dhabi, Al Ghazal golf course. So the only grass in the whole place is on the driving range so they can pick up the balls and everything else, you know, you get your little bit of AstroTurf and if you hit it, in the middle of the fairway, you can hit it off the AstroTurf. I'm a bit directionally challenged at times. So I was just in the rubbish of the rocks on the side. Uh, And then you've got the oiled browns, which is the the greens, and there's a big broom there. So you've got to sweep your footprints and the little run the the trail of your ball to the hole when you finish and and get off the green. So that that was kind of uh, interesting and crazy. I've played Golf in the snow uh, at Craigie Hill in Scotland, and it was, I I got back to back, I got three pars, first ever three pars in a row in the horrendous weather. I think my body was going, keep your hands in your pocket.
0: Um,
1: And then, oh, I I don't know, um, Club de Golf Montagnar, which is one of my favorite golf courses in the world. Uh, It's about 40 minutes north of Barcelona, and that's just golf for the soul up there. It's beautiful. I I could go on and on, it, I, you know, it's, there's so many courses, so many stories and it depends on what country I'm in, you know, playing in India was really cool. I'm like, is that a jackal? Yeah, that's a jackal just on the side of the course, you know. It's
0: <laughs> so Abu Dhabi, I was this close to taking a job in Abu Dhabi and it was at the Abu Dhabi Golf Club, which is right across the street from the Suriyah Beach Golf Club. So I work for True and we have eight properties spread out the UAE and I didn't realize there were courses that had dirt fairways. And now I want to go even more. Like I've not been to that part of the world yet, but like you're inspiring me to want to go check it out. So as you go from one golf course to the next and kind of pitch your idea, and it's not really a pitch. It's just, you're doing what you do. Like, what is the reception been from facilities and do they embrace it? Or are you not going to facilities directly? Like, so what's your outreach to the next set of junior golfers?
1: Um, no, the, all golf courses, they embrace it. You know, they. I actually went to a golf course in Scotland, uh, a Creef Golf Club, and the guy that I met, he was on his way out. He was sort of finishing up and, and sort of went, you know, our junior program's a bit of this, and, you know, we sort of had a chat. And I... Every club I go to, I speak to them about junior programs and ladies' programs that are happening in other parts of the world that are working, and then I discuss what their demographical issues are that they need to overcome uh, and give them some ideas of other programs and see if it would work for them, you know, to increase their bottom line. And by the end of the conversation, he just said, thank you so much. You've inspired me. I'm going to speak to the girl who's taking my job, give them some ideas of some other things to get more kids coming in. And, and that just makes me pretty happy. You know, if we can get more kids out on the fairways.
0: Hence the name fairways fund. I dig that. Um, so I, I'm curious cause it's, it's a fairly new concept. Like what's, what's the future? Like what's the next three, five, seven, ten years look like for fairways fund?
1: Okay, part of our um, uh, ideal is like our our, our mission statement is golf without bounds and we want to help our juniors transition into work within the uh, golf industry and, you know, we're well aware it's a billion dollar golf industry uh, from hospitality to greenkeeping to, you know, a pro golfer. So our focus is on passion, not talent, but my belief is uh, from passion, talent comes However, even if these kids have a 20 handicap for life, that's okay. You know, if they love being out there, we just want to ensure that they can keep a fairway under their feet. And if we can help them, you know, whether they want to become a chef and we can get them work within a, you know, a, a golf course, or if they want to um, go down the track of greenkeeping, I'm also, I'm currently actually investigating for, there's, we have a Bolivian junior who's 15 and Ali said, when I met him, he's been golfing for a year first ever tournament and he was really nervous he told me he wanted to be a golf pro and I said well that's all well and good but if you don't have the head for tournaments forget it you know and so his first tournament he's like I'm so nervous and in my broken Spanish I said it's only golf you have to be have fun uh, and you've always got another shot own your rubbish and just go to your next shot. It's okay. You know, just fix your, rubber, you know, just see how you can redeem yourself. So day one, he goes out and he shoots 88 and he ends up in equal first position with these guys who've been golfing together for 10 years. And they're like, who's this? Who's, who's this person? And he's he, I told him and I'm, I'm helping him to, um, transition into, being a golf pro. So I'm investigating uh, how he can get a scholarship in the US because I said that's your best bet if you want to become, you know, if you want to become a tour player and if your golf's good enough. So we changed, we spoke with his parents and got his schooling changed. So he school he goes to school in the mornings now. He golfs every afternoon. He's learning English and he's continuing his studies. And some nights he's out there grinding till midnight, just practising, practising, practising. And it, I can do anything. I'm going to help them transition.
0: That's really cool. Like that, that, that's kind of a story. And like, so this is a good segue in my next and final question before we jump to the back nine. Like I told you that it was going to be fast. Like we have four minutes left. Like that was crazy how fast that half an hour went. Like I literally could talk to you for hours. So first off, thank you for coming on the show. This has been awesome to learn about this organization. If we can get Tiburon involved in whatever capacity, I don't know how much you do in the United States, but we're down here in Naples, Florida. So whatever we can do, I mean but happy to make those connections. But out of all of the juniors that you've worked with in the entire time you've been doing this, tell me the craziest, funniest, most unique story that you remember out of all of the time that you've been working with these juniors.
1: This, it would have to be young Elias in Bolivia. He's eight years old. I incorrectly assumed that um, Edwin had been working with him for months. So I get to Bolivia and we get, you know, we get three of our kids entered into this junior tournament at the last minute. And so Elias goes out and it's his first, he's his eight years old and it's his first ever nine holes in a row. And I only found out at this stage, he'd only been golfing for three weeks since I'd been in the country. I, so we put him in, he goes out, day one, he shoots 80. But he, par- he cards a bogey in a par and he uh, he struggled to get out of the sand. Day two, he shoots 70. I then film him on the driving range, driving the ball 100 yards. And day three, he goes out and shoots 58. And everyone's like, where did he come from? Who are these people? Who's Fairways Fund? What are they doing? Can we get our kids in your program? So it was kind of cool. And so Edwin actually recently sent me a message and said, golf is growing in Bolivia and it's part from... Other families of, you know, where Elias lives, in the village he lives, there's a couple other kids in our program as well, but other parents are seeing that their um, behaviour has improved, they're a bit more respectful for their elders and they've asked if they can get their kids into our program as well. And then we've got wealthy uh, uh, golf members at other courses in Bolivia who have seen what we're doing and are donating their children's used golf gear from clubs and shoes uh, and... uh, clothing that we can then we then use as prizes for our little mini tournaments
0: that is awesome like i wouldn't think that there would be a golf scene in these places that you're talking about now it makes me just want to travel more like more the atop my bucket list is to visit every country in the world right and we're picking off three four five a year so the fact that you're just picking up and going to bolivia or you know I mean, it sounds like you've been around Scotland a few times. So for as I pre- prepare for my first and probably only trip, if I don't take a golf trip, because I got other places to see, send me any tips and tricks you have of places that I need to see in my 12 days there. So again, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome. It was random that we got you slotted in, but I'm glad that we did. And it's fun to get to know more about you and what you're doing with Fairways Fun. But before I let you go, we have this segment called The Back Nine. It's just fun, nine, random questions. Not about Fairways Fun, but about you. You ready? Yeah, shoot. Sure. You play you've played a lot of courses. What's your favorite?
1: Club de golf Montaigne.
0: Okay. I, I need to look into that. Like I wouldn't expect you to stay somewhere in Scotland or like I mean oh,
1: Lynx you... Golf is some of my favorite golf in the world, but
0: uh, <laughs> Yeah, you'll love it. What golf ball are you currently playing?
1: Whatever anyone's given me. <laughs>
0: That's a good (laughs) answer. I like that. Now, there's a lot of them to choose from. And if you happen to say The Legend of Bagger Vance, I would allow it because I actually like that movie. What what is your favorite golf movie? My
1: favorite golf movie would probably be The Legend
0: of Bagger Vance. You're not, if you say that, you're not being serious. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's
0: a good All right. I dig that. Have you ever had an ace?
1: Nope. Not yet.
0: Not yet. Good answer. Not yet. Me either. I, I'm struggling. I've been close. No, I, I've been. I the, I Revolutions.
1: Hit I hit the pin this year. I hit the pin and it went that far out, but I didn't, uh, didn't
0: win. Well, soon. Both of us. We're going to have one soon. So I hear you're in Canada now. Um, I hear the people in Canada like hockey. Um, seems to be a thing. Scott seems to talk about it all the time. Who's your favorite hockey team?
1: The Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs
0: i I couldn't even I think their logo's blue. That's about all I know about hockey. Like that's all I got.
1: I think that's why I like
0: now, Cana- <laughs> Canadians are also known for their whiskey. What's your favorite Canadian whiskey?
1: You know I only drink single malt whiskey. <laughs> I only drink <laughs> I knew, I
0: liked, I, knew <laughs> I liked you. I knew I liked you. That's
1: awesome.
0: I knew I liked you. Who's your favorite LPGA tour player?
1: Uh, I like – there's two that – well, actually three. My top three are Brooke Henderson, Aria Jutanagan, and Lydia Ko. Lydia Ko might be up there for my favorite.
0: That's, that's three pretty solid players, so I dig that. Now, we haven't talked about it a lot, but he's above me. He's all around the room. Tiger. I'm Tiger's biggest fan, so be – very careful how you answer this question because if you've seen prior episodes and I encourage you to go back and watch prior episodes of the show or listen to them on iTunes or in Google Play because the show is now part of the Golf Radio Network via podcast I talk about Tiger a lot I'm Tiger's biggest fan he's kind of a big deal he's the greatest of all time period I don't want to argue about it because he's the goat but do you think he breaks Jack's record why or why not
1: you know. I Missed the whole tiger phenomenon. I have only been golfing three years The Willie won't he my thing is I don't care. I A friend of mine actually got on and showed me you know all of Tigers greatest moments, but it was like a montage So it didn't mean anything because you're not watching the whole tournament He, he is an amazing athlete, and I've, I've watched some old tournaments. He's done fantastic things but I think it's a no. I think he's he's he'd be good as a, you know, captain, co-captain, helping out in various teams. Uh, But I think his golfing days or his competitive golfing days may well be over. Sorry to say that, my friend. friend.
0: Well, we were friends. Now no more. I'm (laughs) just kidding. I'm going to allow it because you, like, explained it. You just didn't say no and move on to the next question. So I disagree. I think he's got one more run. He's going to get healthy and he's going to come back and he's got five to seven years to where he can do it. And I had an interview on this show a few months ago, and the same question, I've asked this question every episode of the show, and he said, if he wins one more, he breaks the record. And I love that answer, because it's just the the, the chip off his shoulder and the monkey off his back, that if he can win one more major, he's just going to have that run, and he can do it, and quite frankly, he can do it at Augusta and St. Andrews until he's 55, because he doesn't have to hit driver, and he doesn't have to hit it far at either one of those golf courses to compete, but... I'm just I I need him back because I don't watch golf on TV unless he's playing because I'm a golfer first. I'd rather play and I need him back because I don't care if Jordan Spieth is winning by 13 strokes. I'd rather play golf than watch. But if Tiger's in last place by 10 shots, I'm watching every swing. So I need Tiger back. And your final question of your hashtag Wednesday Match Play is what's next? I mean, you're just getting started with Fairways Fun, but what's next for you and your organization?
1: Well, um, we had some great meetings uh, at the Canadian Open, uh, connected with Golf North and Club Link and uh, the PGA. And now you at Troon, right? So if we can get some more golf courses on board for awesome foursomes, that will then enable us to expand our programs. And I'm in Canada for another six weeks. Uh, I sort of leave here, do a lap of Cape Breton, i uh, got some meetings there. Then I go to Nepal to see the Nepali juniors, pop into India. The kids have been messaging me, asking me when I'm going back. Then I'm in Australia for a few months, and then Hawaii for the uh, Tournament of Champions and the Sony
0: Open. You do know that the Tournament of Champions is the Kapalua, a Troon-managed facility, right? Well, you can, get, sure
1: me you- a, can get
0: me.
1: A- can get them to uh, donate <laughs> me a green, the four green please for green. fairways
0: to <laughs> I- When you're there, make sure you introduce yourself to uh, Alex Nakajima. He's the general manager there. He used to be at Princeville Makai Golf Club on Kauai. So make sure you introduce yourself to him. Tell him that you know me. I'll send him a note when we get closer to the event tell him that you're going to be looking for him and would be happy to make that connection. So it sounds like you're busy. you got a lot of stuff going on. It's a new organization. I'm excited to hear about it and excited to learn more about it. And if Tiburon and I can introduce you to anybody within Troon for what you're doing and we can tie it to the Troon Junior Club, Whatever we can do, I can do whatever I can to help make those connections possible. This episode, as always, is presented by Eat Sleep Golf. It's going to be on iTunes. It's going to be on Google Play. It'll be on Twitter and Facebook and the golf community and YouTube. And it's going to be anywhere that you want to find it. You will be able to easily find the hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fantastic to learn more. And as always, on the hashtag Wednesday Match Play, you have to eat, sleep, golf.